and here we are for episode number 51 of the Panenka View podcast i am your host prasad and welcoming back on the show is our very own guest prithvi sagal representing chelsea uh, how are you doing prithvi it's a, it's been a long time yeah yeah it's been an awful i mean it's been a long time i think almost like 68 months since we spoken the last time and uh, i'm i'm good but chelsea i'm afraid is not as good as i am right now <laughs> so yeah a lot of work to do on that front uh, true that and you know we we got to have a an episode that clears some air i mean that actually uh, takes the ch- some fans who need that much needed uh, you know episode uh, some much needed analysis of how the team is in transition and we are going to do a special episode with prithvi but prithvi the agenda of this week is the matches that happened last weekend and uh, the the big one uh, this weekend is liverpool versus arsenal so let's start with manchester city versus tottenham hey eh? a deja vu for uh, pep and his side <laughs> and vr vr is going to play a crucial role in who wins the title this season isn't it so before we get into anything describe that vr incident uh, that took place that denied city all three points at the end and what do you feel what's your take on that situation i mean i don't know but I, I I'm basically a very law-abiding person in general. So if there is a law in place and there is, you know, they they come up with had it. I think it was a little harsh on Manchester City to be very honest because it's not that he could have done anything to get his hand out of the box. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, out of the way of the ball, and it's it wasn't that he scored off his hand or that made a lot of uh, I mean impact to the direction of the ball or something of that sort. So I think there should be an exception in that case. But as it stands, the rule suggests that if there is any kind of you know handball in uh, in the penalty box in the build up to the goal, then it doesn't stand. And I think it's fair enough because there will be this is you know one of those rare cases where it was barely a handball, but there'll be a lot of other cases where there'll be a blatant handball, and there are cases where people actually. Sc- score a goal of their hand you yeah, know yeah. and maradona did it messi <laughs> did it once and uh, you know so the greatest of players have done that so i think it's going to i mean obviously you feel hard done because manchester city didn't deserve to lose that game i mean on any other day uh, the scoreline could have been like 5-0 6-0 yeah. or or even worse for that matter but uh, yeah they do feel a little hard done but i think uh, you know had there been no war people would have complained now that there is war people are going to complain so correct, i correct. mean i don't see uh, see a way out of this the controversy is going to be there but i think it's good for the game because now you can verify and check whether uh, the decision is right or not and uh, the liverpool fans have been ecstatic after that <laughs> and uh, do to actually to actually sum this up i think we cannot blame var we we should blame the rule the rule suggests that and yeah. so and so the and the referee overturned the decision i mean that's what he has to follow he has to follow a rule book but an entertaining draw there at uh, the etihad and uh, city like you said could have been far out of sight on any other day but you have to give some credit to spurs two shots on target two goals <laughs> and uh, they 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 kind oh yeah three total shots and two uh, two 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 on so target Two on target, two goals. Two on target, two goals. Correct. So uh, some sometimes the slow score lines are pretty flattering, isn't it? And 
um the, their back line seemed a bit uh, shaky at times but uh, i guess so i'm the, the question i'm going to ask you is endomble has been uh, significant in both his uh, matches for spurs and with son coming back uh, what do you see uh, this spurs li- uh, like challenging like spurs side challenge for in this season uh, with this side I think uh, Spurs will do what they do best. They'll only challenge and end up disappointing their fans <laughs> because I'm pretty sure City is going to take the, uh, take it away this season again. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool, I think, have struggled defensively. Yeah. I mean, in all the three matches, they might probably fix it or not, but they've already had you know more chances conceded in these three weeks uh, in these three games that they've played this season than all of last season. The game against Southampton, I think, the expected goal was. much more than any of their uh, previous uh, mm. any of their games in the previous season mm-hmm. so i was reading a very interesting stat wherein uh, you know the first match which they played defensively yeah. uh, the expected goal ratio was 1.47 oh. and in the game against southampton which they happened to win was 1.97 one oh that's yeah So that's that's like the kind of chances that they are conceding. I know it's just statistics and it doesn't count at the end of the day. Yeah. But I think that the quality of defending this year across the entire Premier League hasn't been all that good, to be honest. True. And you could see that. You could see that there was, a, I mean, a lapse of concentration on that corner. How does Lucas Moura, out of all the people in the Tottenham team, get in a header of a set piece, man? I, I, it is totally out of. It, it could have been in open play. I can still understand Lucas Moura getting a header. Yeah. But he's getting a header on a corner. I mean that is that has to be horrific defending. <laughs> and um, uh, so to round that up, uh, Prithvi, uh, City and Spurs share the spoils. That means uh, that uh, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Arsenal were the only two sides to have come out with six out of six points from the second game week, and who clash this Saturday. Well, that go that's coming up in the later part of the episode. But let's focus our eyes on Stamford Bridge. and mason mount opening the scoring yet again for frank lampard in his managerial career uh, a very interesting stat from squaka that uh, said he yeah derby county's uh, goal the first goal of lampard's era in derby county opened by mason mount and yet again so um one point from two games but a chelsea side that's going through a massive transformation with a with a manager like frank lampard uh, who's just into his second season as uh, in management what do you, what have you made of these two weeks so far some people are losing their minds we would love we would love to have a sane approach here now <laughs> yeah I, i completely understand there been a lot of positives in my opinion as well people are a lot of people are just focusing on the negatives and i think we played really well in the first half against leicester i think leicester was the worst performance out of the lot i think we weren't bad against united for mm. almost 60 minutes of that game correct but then we conceded those two stupid goals and then the rest is history we i mean the scoreline was pretty flattering yeah. when it comes to manchester united we yeah. needed play some good football i can see uh you know him uh, trying to enforce his ideas on the team and i can see that the team is working we uh, we played a terrific game against liverpool i think uh, considering the fact that uh, i mean a lot of people are not 
uh, sort of considering the fact that we've got a lot of key players missing yeah. out of injuries. Yeah. And, uh, so we don't have Loftus Cheek and Hudson Odoi who were responsible for Chelsea actually ending up in the top four towards the end of that season because you know those guys actually rejuvenated the team towards the end of the season when we weren't doing well. And unfortunately, both of them picked up injuries. But I think uh, those two are key players. Reese James, I know people don't know much about him, but he's going to be a massive player for Chelsea. And he had a terrific loan spell at Wigan. And again, Rudiger has been unfit. Conte couldn't play the first game. So there are a lot of missing players also, which once you know, who come back into contention, then we can judge Lampard a little more. But correct, correct. at this stage... Considering that he has a transfer ban, considering that you know he doesn't have all his players fit and he's just played three games, I think it's a little premature to judge him right now. True, true. I've been happy with most of the pressing and the intensity, but I think that uh, Chelsea this season are going to be uh, like Liverpool this season. They lost the Champions League final. They're going to attack a lot and not defend really. Uh, well, because I I can see that trend in pre I could see that trend in preseason where we used to concede like we used to score five goals and concede three, score four goals and concede three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so not a lot of clean sheets for Chelsea this season, but yeah, I I, I think they need time, and they were up against a Leicester uh, City, which is I think uh, you know Everton and Leicester City are my picks to sort of push for the top six this season. So I don't think a point at Leicester at at Stamford Bridge and Leicester is a very bad point considering the current circumstances. Yeah, and I think uh, James Madison missed a setter there in the second half. Yeah, that could have probably sent the game in favor of Leicester. But Leicester were better in the second half. But I, we can say it's pretty premature to judge Lampard now. And I'd like your quick thoughts on uh, Tammy Abraham and J- uh, Mason Mount because those two uh, are in li- in line to become, I think, one of the best uh, young talents here in English football. They are uh, Tammy Abraham. If you recall, hit the cross, hit the post against United. Yes, that probably could have been that, any anywhere anywhere to the right and that was 1-0 to Chelsea and I think Emerson hit the post to a crossbar twice <laughs> would have worked in right Chelsea anything there a couple of goals there and we could have probably you know uh, be seeing a different scoreline there but yeah let's have your thoughts on T- Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount I think both of them are at a different point at this point of time because Loftus Cheek is injured. I think Tammy is going to get an uninterrupted run in the team, and I think he he completely fits into the mold considering that he's he's got a lot of energy. So he loves pressing, and his his the goal that he actually scored. He took the ball of Wilfred and Didi because of the way he was actually pressing so that's a very important thing that Chelsea are trying to introduce this season which was uh, we were a little unsuccessful last season because we had a lot of old players playing on the wings who can't who I don't want to name right now because <laughs> <laughs> you know some the people who uh, you know actually ended up winning the Copa America and then couldn't pass the ball five yards <laughs> for that cameo appearance. So I'm, I'm not going to name him. I'm not going to name him, but you know who I'm talking about. But I think that Mason Mount has got a really bright future. Things will be become a little interesting when Ruben Loftus Cheek comes back uh, back into the mix because you know we've got Ross Barkley, Ruben Loftus Cheek, and Mason Mount competing for that same position. 
honestly i think that loftus cheek is you know uh, i think the better the best player of the lot because he has his overall game is much more complete Correct, but yeah. i think that the very fact that a 19 year old english player is playing uh, in in an attacking role in the premier league is very good for england for english football as well not only uh, for the premier league tammy abraham on the other hand i think he will be competing with the likes of jiru and batshuai what he needs to do he's a confidence player so once he starts he gets that first goal it's only a matter of time that he starts banging in those uh, goals back to back because i remember even in his loan uh, loan spell at bristol city he scored over 20 goals in the championship and uh, he went back again last season and scored 25 at aston villa so he's go he's he is a free scoring goal scorer but it is that he needs to get off the mark and get that first goal and then he can you know take it from there so i i i have high hopes from both of them yeah. because jiru i don't think is fit enough to Uh, play every game this season. He's he's a massive lad. He's a tank, but I don't think he's got the legs right now. And, and Batshuayi is not Frank's preferred pick, so I don't know what's going to happen there. But I'm happy that uh, you know Lampard has sort of even he trusted Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount against Manchester United, which is massive. Yeah. Uh, so fair enough prithvi and it's it's just a matter of time i mean frank lampard's been guaranteed a couple of years at least i guess to um, yeah. to imp- implement his philosophy and uh, let's see the ban for chelsea uh, that, that they got and the one that city escaped <laughs> we can we 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 need to speak on that as well but let's focus our attentions to ole gunnar solskjaer's manchester united that won 4-0 in the first game and then probably could have gone on and won that game at the Molineux Pogba missing that penalty um is this united side is the structure of this united side a bit flattering um from the first game considering the fact that chelsea just made those couple of errors and then the scoreline kind of doesn't look like the way it should have uh where do you see this united side uh, firstly let's talk about the game versus wolves 1-1 um against a, a wolf side that's uh, in the europa and uh, that is going to be challenging again for you know the top 6 or 8 positions so uh, let's talk about the game first and then let's talk about that pogba penalty miss and united <laughs> Yeah so I I think it was a very entertaining game and uh, it started off pretty well for Manchester United they were pressing well the Wolves although they did rotate their team an awful lot for the midweek game but they did look a little laggy and uh, they weren't you know playing with the same intensity they usually do against the top 16 because you know it's it's 110% of the intensity they have against a big 16 like they did last year and got points of almost all the teams uh, the major teams including manchester city so i think uh, they weren't at their best united started the game off really well i think aaron van bissaka was uh, amazing i mean constantly putting in tackles and he dealt with yota really well but uh, that uh, injury to dockerty turned out to be a blessing in disguise when adama traore came in in the second half and he really changed the complexion of the game mm-hmm. he didn't really contribute to the goal or assist but the very fact that he was you know uh, running down uh, the uh, 
you know uh, down Luke Shaw's end I think it caused a lot of unrest in the United end and that goal from Ruben Neves was pure class I mean Wonderful. you can't really yeah. <laughs> you, you don't see goals like that every every week we probably not see it I mean he's got this thing of scoring these wonder goals and uh, I was reading a very interesting stat that in the Premier League he's, uh, he's only had three touches in the inside the 18 yard box so and and he's got five goals five so goals yeah massive goals, Mass- yeah most of his goals come outside the box so a brilliant goal and then again mr pogba i mean getting that <laughs> penalty of rashford who yeah. you know did well in the first game to score against chelsea in a pressure game yeah and uh, i mean fail miserably as usual you know i don't know <laughs> I, I think he's uh, personally i i know he's got brilliant attributes but as a football player i think he's the most overrated player in world football because i mean a top player who's considered one of the best in his positions can't make so many mistakes in a single season i think he's he's too error prone to be called you know the next i mean the next big thing or the best one of the best midfielders in the world there are an awful lot of other midfielders who are much better at him and you know don't make these basic mistakes yeah. he gets dispossessed a lot but then he'll pull off this wonder ball you know which is absolutely stunning and you're like man this guy is amazing it's it's time that he uh, stops he he he's like the equivalent to you know what rohit sharma was for a long time to the <laughs> indian cricket team you know a lot of talent but not performing he it's time he just steps up and yeah. starts performing week in week out and um, he suffered a lot of racial abuse on uh, twitter and uh, united were quick to condemn that we all do but uh, fair enough fair points prithvi and let's get on with the big one from saturday then and we are building to liverpool versus arsenal at anfield prithvi uh, liverpool have been a bit shaky in defense um this uh, p- couple of games and the, the game against chelsea in the super cup uh, was also very interesting because chelsea played their hearts out there and were denied by that penalty but um, what exactly does this game what both the teams have won their first two games and uh, it's a, it's an it's a anfield trip for arsenal who haven't had the best of uh, games at anfield in the past couple of uh, seasons uh, so uh, how do you see the, the two teams set up first bit up uh, liverpool and arsenal uh, the formations that the both managers might uh, put in and um, we will end our episode with a host of predictions so so let's get your thoughts on the lineups then first Mm, yeah sure i think uh, both arsenal and liverpool have had a perfect start when it comes to points but i don't think both of them had have played at their best i think uh, liverpool were uh, obviously they started off really well in the first half against norwich but in that second half norwich really came back into the game so you could see that there are places where you can take advantage of i think trent alexander arnold again becomes a weakling because he loves driving forward so much that he tends to neglect his uh, defensive uh, part of the game so i won't be surprised if he starts gomez in that game because he did that against chelsea i mean in the super cup probably to rest him but yeah. i i won't be shocked if that happens because they need a little bit of defensive cover and what i've, I've noticed in the games is they're trying to play a higher line this season 
so last day they were defending deep and they had a lot of midfield cover where there was uh, Henderson, Milner and Fabinho sort of uh, holding uh, up the midfield and you know providing good cover to Van Dijk and uh, his centre-back partner whoever it was across the season but this season I think that uh, one the full-backs are bombing forward weight uh, a little too much and uh, the likes of uh, what do we say uh, you know the uh, Matip hasn't looked so good and even Van Dijk for all he's done I mean he's been pretty good in the first two games but hasn't looked the force he was last season so I think Arsenal have a very good chance against Liverpool if they can you know play in a couple of good balls I think uh, I, I watched both the Arsenal games especially the second one against Burnley I think uh, Sebaios was really good in that game he, he was turning he was that anchor man in midfield that who can actually play the ball, run with the ball, and even tackle when it was needed. Yeah, like he did in the in the goal which Aubameyang scored. Yeah, he actually won the ball played it to Aubameyang. So I think he is a very good signing. Apart from that, uh, I think Emery hasn't even really put up his best lineups in the couple of first couple of games because I mean, Ozil and Kolasinac had that incident, which was very unfortunate as well. And he's trying to ease in Pepe into the game. Correct. So I don't think we have seen the full Arsenal team play yet. Yeah. So I'm not going to comment on how the season is going to go, but I haven't been really impressed. They've been narrow victories, like the one and Newcastle. When Newcastle did have a set of chances, Burnley had a lot of chances, which you know they may not have been the best quality of chances, but they did have a, a high number of numeric chances. So I think it's going to be very tough. I mean, both of the uh, teams I can see defensive frailties. Yeah. And both of them are going to be very good attacking. So it's going to be a very interesting game of football. But I won't be surprised if we have an erratic scoreline, say four three or three all, or you know, a couple of times it's happened. The past, so I wouldn't be shocked if you know there's a scoreline like that again. I I personally gave it a thought, and I feel that uh, Arsenal took the lead at Anfield last season, and then were horrendous where they gave away those goals, cheap goals, you can say. And uh, I think counter-attacking football might be uh, a plan Emery might want to implement, but that's just then inviting all the pressure onto you, isn't it? With the attacking flair and finesse. That Liverpool possess, but as you said, erratic scoreline, a Saturday night game, and not a dry day sounds pretty well <laughs> for football fans. <laughs> so uh, let's get your thoughts. Let's let's get your predictions on some other games so that we can uh, share it with our listeners as well. The first game is a Friday night game, by the way, Prithvi, which is going to be played between Aston Villa and Everton. And Everton are the away side, Aston Villa versus Everton. Let's have a quick uh, prediction from your end. <laughs> you might have made the team as well in the FPL. Oh, yes, uh, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. I so, have, I have two Everton players. I have Luka Dean and uh, uh, Sigurdsson. So, I would be expecting them to haul. I, I think Everton are going to win it. But I won't be surprised if Villa do because Villa played some really good football in the first two games and haven't been rewarded in terms of points. Yeah. They were easily the better team against Bournemouth. So, they could, they could have possibly gotten something if they were have considered those early goals so I think it's not going to be really easy for Everton but Everton have been very solid defensively so I expect them to keep a clean sheet and get in that 1-0 or 2 Alright so 1-0 uh, or 2-0 to Everton uh, then Prithvi here come Norwich and Chelsea in the first game on Saturday an early lunchtime kickoff in London 
um norwich versus chelsea chelsea traveling away do you think with puki who's been uh, the who's been who's in contention for the golden boot so far a hat trick and a goal four goals so far <laughs> what how would the how would the canaries pan out against the blues yeah i think it's going to be a very interesting game it's again going to be a very open game i expect uh, norwich to score first and then chelsea to come back and i i'm i wouldn't be surprised if again this is going to be like a 4-2 or a 4-3 scoreline mm. but i think uh, by a margin of one or two goals chelsea might edge it and frank lampard is i mean i hope and i do honestly believe also depending on the gulf in class in the two teams that chelsea are going to get their first win first win correct and, okay uh, norwich are going to put up a fight it's not going to be an easy three points it's going to be a tough game but mm. chelsea will eventually scrape through mm-hmm. and you have manchester united versus uh, crystal palace at old trafford which means van bissaka is said to be reunited with his former team uh, how does that pan out and since you're never sure about old trafford these days what would be your prediction <laughs> no you can't be sure of old trafford these days but in the last two games the way crystal palace have played i i can be you can be pretty sure that they've been the worst team in the premier league so far <laughs> the way they started they haven't been able to create chances they, they're not doing anything i mean their team like aston villa and newcastle were doing more in games despite of losing them yeah. and i haven't especially in that game against sheffield i i think crystal palace were horrible so i won't be surprised if uh, you know manchester united uh, you know absolutely obliterate them and get a 4-0 final score line which will again be flattering not because man united are that good in my opinion but crystal, is, uh, yeah. crystal palace are that poor <laughs> so i would i would, i think it's going to be a heavy score line in favor of manchester united Uh, and then let's move on to liverpool versus arsenal the late kick off from saturday which sees jurgen klopp's men uh, versus emery's uh, side and what do you uh, what what do you predict that uh, once again uh, an erratic score line there yeah i think it's going to be a draw it's going to be a 2-2 or a 3-3 i i personally think that uh, arsenal have started really well and if they start the likes of pepe in this game i think he he did have a good cameo in the last game and uh, if sebayos plays the way he does and obviously liverpool do have a stronger team on paper and they've played together for a longer period of time so obviously they do have an advantage but i think that you know arsenal would be really happy to get a draw i think uh, win a uh, win would be ideal at anfield but it's not very often that you go to anfield and get out three points especially in re- in the recent years so i think it's going to be a two all draw probably a three all draw and mm. uh, you know it's going to be a very very entertaining game in my opinion it's it's going to be a decade since that 4-4 at anfield it's it's exactly a decade the last time it happened was 2009 arshavin scoring those four goals arshavin yeah <laughs> and uh, uh, so uh, bournemouth versus man city on sunday the cherries host the defending champions and pep guardiola's man city dropped their first points of the season so uh, do you expect uh, do you expect bournemouth to be at the receiving end this time <laughs> oh definitely especially after the way the last game panned out i think bournemouth are going to get a thrashing is going to be a four i expect a 4-0 or maybe a 5-1 I I think you know Bournemouth might score one or one goal on a counter or a long range from outside the box probably Harry Wilson or you know Callum Wilson could score but I don't think that 
you know, Man City are going to drop points in this game because they're too strong to do that. And Bournemouth haven't started the season too well. I think this one is an easy win for Man City. And Prithvi, um, I'm cu- I'm going to be curious enough to read Puneet's uh, analysis because he he does the Bournemouth thing. Uh, he writes about yeah. Bournemouth, so I'm going to be curious about that. I hope he's listening to this podcast. Uh, and also Tottenham versus Newcastle. So uh, Newcastle, uh, I I was about to say Rafa's Newcastle. I'm still getting used to the fact that <laughs> Rafa Bruce is, is yeah Newcastle. Steve Bruce is Newcastle. I'm still getting used to the fact that Rafa is not at Newcastle anymore. But yeah, yeah Pochettino versus Steve Bruce, Tottenham versus Newcastle at Tottenham's home stadium. Yeah, I again think this is going to be an easy game for Tottenham because Newcastle they they did look decent against Arsenal. You know they were giving them a tough fight, but that was also because Arsenal weren't playing a full strength team and uh, they got uh, beaten by Norwich three one. So I don't think things are going to be very different from them. And it's Tottenham at home. Had it been in a away game, you never know what could happen at Saint James's Park, but. I don't see Newcastle winning this. I think it's going to be a 3-0 to Tottenham and Harry Kane will probably get a brace. Oh, I think he's in your FPL, isn't he? <laughs> no, he's not in my FPL team and that's what I fear. But I do fancy him getting a couple of goals against Have you? Newcastle and Son is coming back. Yeah, yeah. So, that could, he could, you know, get off the mark straight away as well. Have you Have you tried the jinxing, jinx part uh, in the FPL? You take a player and then... He doesn't score. <laughs> Probably an op- opposition player. I don't know if that's happened to you. <laughs> but but <laughs> no, that's... I did do that when I started playing the game initially. When I wasn't really serious about FPL, I, I, I used to buy... I, I never bought any, you know, United players. Because Chelsea and United were the major rivals at that point of time. You know, it was we winning the title one season and them winning it. So uh, then, you know, I did have that one one week where I actually bought a player. And uh, if I buy Pogba, I know he's gone, not going to do anything. So I'm not <laughs> going to buy Pogba because I want points in my FPL as well. <laughs> so yeah, there are a few players like who constantly, uh, you know, keep you out of points. Like Callum Wilson for me, I've never seen a Callum Wilson goal. And there have been a couple of games when he's been out injured. So I'm not going to buy Callum Wilson again. Uh, fair enough, Prithvi. And it was great having you back on the Panen Kaviu podcast. This is the episode, uh, this is episode number 51. So we are on our way to 100. Still a long way to go. But uh, we will we, get there soon enough because it's the, the episode comes out twice a week. The podcast releases twice a week, a preview and a review together. So uh, follow Prithvi on Twitter at the rate FPL Lord. Any uh, underrates there Prithvi? Under it, underscore signs, no, nothing. F- no, no, no underscores. Add, add FPL Lord. Add FPL Lord. Follow Prithvi on FPL Lord. And uh, we'll have Prithvi again for uh, uh, an episode. That might, that's, I call it an evergreen episode because you can come back to that episode and um, think about uh, all these uh, uh, things that were said and that were predicted. And then they turn out to be true and they turn out to be s- some sane views because some people have been screaming a lot on YouTube, getting popular day by day. Go, uh, and um, <laughs> the only positive for them is uh, getting a jersey for 30% discount after having eaten nothing. So <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, jokes apart, Prithvi, we, we are refrained from doing all that. It was great having uh, you again. And uh, let's hope we can uh, record after this weekend as well. So 
Here's your host Prasad signing out with Prithvi Sagal on this episode of the Panen Vaga View podcast. Until next time, see you later.